You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. Hey everyone, it's Candace and Cher with Processing Trauma Out Loud. Cher and I are starting a new series today on something that we both love and really has changed our lives. Cher, you and I have been on the healing journey for years and years, decades. We can both say decades without telling how old we are. (laughs) But we both agree that though we implement many different types of healing modalities, modalities that help regulate our nervous system, modalities that lead us into meditation, different types of things that we have tapped into that work for us. But we both agree that foundationally, we are story work coaches. There is a reason why we like to start with story. You asked me a little bit about my previous, you know, the previous ways that I've looked for healing, which which hasn't necessarily been bad. There's been some goodness in it. But I just want to say, I noticed your face when I told you when I've showed up for healing in the past, it's been about the current crisis. And I've never, I never had anybody ask me about my stories. That's not bad on them. It's just that I needed someone that had gone before me and had done the own, their own work and their stories to be able to meet me in mine. And you and I both know what it is to be a person who offers healing to others before we have had really achieved the healing that we needed. Now, we had been on the path and we had acquired some significant healing and we had a deep desire to help others, but we hadn't been able to know how to even peel down the layers and get to those core issues that were life-changing for us and to find healing there. One of the things that I noticed when I first started my story work journey is that the Allender Center, who we, that's how we met through mutual groups. They use the word guides. They don't use story work healers. They use the word story work guides. Well, we know that we experience healing through story work, but our role as a coach or a facilitator is, is actually to help guide someone into their own stories and bring them to the present to where they are able to now tap into their own inner resources to be empowered to heal and to change. I like the word guides. What do you think about that? I know we didn't talk about that, but what do you think about that? I like it too. And I think it is fitting that we, it's, I, I talk often about the twisty turny path of the healing journey. And we've been talking some recently that it's about the journey. Mm-hmm. It, it's about the destination. And we want to get to this des- destination of wholeness and integration and the free flow of love. We want to get there. But the healing journey is a journey and the path is twisty turny and it goes pretty deep into dark valleys. Mm -hmm. And if we do not have a guide who knows how to walk to those dark places and how to navigate the cliffs and the craggy, rugged places, we know a lot of people who have started to move toward healing and it, it just got too hard. It's like they fell over a cliff and there was an injury. It's like many people have said, I was re-traumatized by doing my, my work of trauma, trying to heal from trauma. Yeah. 
if, if anyone's watching on YouTube, yeah, I was re-traumatized. So I'm, I'm with you. Keep going. Yeah. And we need someone who has gone before us, as you said, someone who has been able to courageously and vulnerably and also with help navigate the path that took them deep into their stories of harm so that they could identify the places that needed help and healing and care and love and goodness and then experience their healing, not, not to perfection, None of the people that we have looked to as guides would say that they're perfect or that they have reached the final destination. Like it's not that, but they've gone before us, they know. And now we have gone to so many dark places and it is our joy Mm -hmm. to help others navigate that path. That's why we talk about the topics that we talk about is we, we want this path to be understood as it is doable. It's doable and it is hard and it is agonizing at time, but we do not want people to be re-traumatized as they go toward finding healing. Yeah. And I think that good desire to do no harm. Yeah. Especially when you've experienced quite a bit of harm yourself and, and maybe you have noticed the ways that you have hurt and harmed other people leads us, both of us, into a deep dive into studying and educating. And no, we we don't have a PhD and there's many things that we are not experts in. But I want to say, share that we know this space of story work, not only for our own journey, but the success that we're seeing with our clients. You don't have to be a story work coach to be able to help someone. You don't have to be an expert in something, but there is a level. So whether you're, you know, a a therapist, a coach, a friend, a family member, the way that we help guide others is to let someone else guide us in our stories of hurt and harm. Which is hard. It's hard to go (laughs) there. And I want to talk a little bit about why is it that we think that story work is, you know, the bomb? Why is it that we are investing our lives because we are, we're investing our lives for our own healing. I mean, you and I are currently in a story group working on our own stories, sitting with others as peers, where we are bringing stories of harms because we want further care. We want further healing. We are invested in story work there. We talk about it. We read about it. And we are, we are walking alongside of others as their guides along this path. Why do we think that story work is the bomb? What is it, Candace? What are some of the hallmarks that we think are really important when it comes to this? The first thing that's coming to my mind is life pattern transformations kind of been a new little phrase that I'm realizing. "Mm, Yeah, I've seen this. I'm seeing this life pattern transformations. You and I, before we post record, you were talking about a podcast that you listened to from Adam Young about the shift. There's shifts that happen in the experience of trauma, developmental trauma over time, or even a a one-time event that doesn't get cared for. And that shift fragments us or takes us away from who we truly are. And it takes us away from being seen, soothed, safe, and feeling secure. And so that shift, especially when there's no care to offer, continues to play over and over in our lives in some way. 
that we actually become complicit with, which is hard. I know it's been one of the hardest things for me to look at in my adult stories. Why I think story work is the bomb is because there's shifts that happen in story work that help you get clarity on those earlier shifts. I don't know why I'm feeling emotional right now because me it's too. It, it's ah. changed my life. There's shifts that happen in story work that now get you back to who you and how you were created in love for love and how you can now show up in the world from a place of clarity and confidence. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that emotion too, Candice. And I, I want to bring you back and I want to ask if you can talk a little bit more about the shift. We're going to come back to this for a few episodes. So I, I want to go a little bit slowly. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can name and we can name together, what are some of the shifts that can take place in, we talk mostly about childhood trauma. So thinking about a five-year-old or a seven-year-old or a, or a 13-year-old who experiences some aspect of harm. Something comes and and presents a situation that is too much, too fast, where they were voiceless, helpless, powerless. What kind of shifts take place in us, in that child, in that moment? Let's name some of those. This feels important to me. I feel like there are specifics and this question's also very loaded because shifts happen in multiple ways in our bodies, our brain, our emotions, our heart, our genetics to some degree. But I want to kind of break it down and just give a quick example. And then I actually want to hear from from you about this and what you what you're learning and what you've seen in your own story and others but for me the shift happened for me pretty early when i was named as around a 6 year old that i was a dangerous little girl yeah so i didn't even know what that meant i just knew it was bad i heard the tone knew that there was an event that had occurred before that that i was blamed for even though i was not to blame no not that little girl didn't know that can I can I just pause just one second and say, like, I would like to name that as a curse. That was a curse that came against you that you were dangerous. Thank you, Cher, for naming that. So what happened in that for me, and I don't want to go into too much detail because we're going to do several episodes here. But over time, and as I grew, certain reenactments began to develop in my life, which honestly, not to get too scientific here, because it is not my expertise, but our bodies become addicted to chemicals. The energy that we have in our body over patterns, they can be bad patterns, but we go back to them because it's 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 our sense of being alive. I don't want to get in a tangent here, but when I started doing story work, I had a shift. That curse was not cast out. It was called out. Mm. And it was called out by a renaming. I wasn't even asked to be renamed. I didn't even know I needed renamed. Why did you need renaming? How did that curse shift you back there in time in such a way that years later you had to be renamed? What shift happened within you then? So to me, dangerous meant bad. Yeah. 
So, so dangerous meant bad. And then I had other reinforcing messages Mm -hmm. and I'm going to say consistently that only grew strength in that belief for that little girl. And here you were very young, five, seven, Uh, probably six, six Six years old, six years old. You had just been harmed in a situation that was not your fault. You were blamed, you were named dangerous, and you walked away believing to the core of your being that you were bad. This was a huge shift in your whole body and soul and being and future. I I just want to say this, and we got to move on from it quickly. That was reinforced in my faith community. And I'm so sorry. Curses are powerful. And when curses come in, we, this causes a shift. And then, and this brings um, just tears for me, Candace, for you, for, for me too. Then we agree with the curse, which just allows it to become embedded deeply because then we go forward in our life believing that we are bad. And then it gets, you know, then that might bring forth certain behaviors, or we might even set ourselves up for that being just reaffirmed. Mm -hmm. And then it ends up getting reaffirmed, reaffirmed over and over and over throughout our lives, which just helps us know for sure that the truth is that we are bad. Well, and I can look back at my stories over the last 30 years. And I, for the most part, I spent a lot of time trying to prove I wasn't bad by doing all the good things that I could think of doing. Which brings up another thing, and that is vows. You vowed to prove that you were not bad. Yeah, except that I would crash and I would be bad or do bad. Then the shame It was a freaking exhausting cycle. And until I had really good eyes on me and story work, sure, I'd still be in it. Yeah, absolutely. Curses and agreements and vows. This is, and I will use the word evil to the core. It's the curse is a direct assault against our glory, against who you were as an innocent beautiful, free-spirited, glorious child, six years old. Yeah. And this curse brought about a shift that changed your whole life for many decades. Yeah. And until that the, is the other shift. Until the other shift. And we're going to get to those good. But I, I think for, for today, and I think we can leave our, our listeners with this thought today, even just of, of shifts in general, but this particular, the particular way that curses bring about a shift that then invites us to agree with it and then to make vows that are going to start with the words, I will never or I will always. And we begin to live our lives out of these vows. And this is the result of evil's attempt to steal, kill, and destroy our glory. And this is why story work is so important, because until you were able to come and bring that story into a place where it could be held and where you could be seen and where someone could bring the voice that said, you are not dangerous. 
you were not even at fault in in what precipitated the curse until someone could bring that in a way that met you in the dark place of pain. Yeah. But when that came, then shifts began, began to happen. And I was able to watch some of this unfold for you. And I have seen the amazing effect that it has had on your life. And it has been so beautiful. Yeah, thank you. And I and I'll say continuing to. Yeah, because because I do have a part that I can feel at times, it's so much less and less. But it it is this, here's how I'll swing background. It's a journey. Yeah. Yeah. So so even the I'm feeling a teeny bit of anxiety in my body because I've had moments where I've made this vow. Oh, I'll never. And here's what I want to say. I'm I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on doing the daily work. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that doing story work has allowed healing in those places where before there were vows, but now there you have experienced the face of love in these places of cursing. And it has been brought transformation and, and yeah, hard work, not the miracle moment, though we can point to some miracle moments too. But I want to say to our listeners, as we wrap this up today, I want to invite you to ponder your stories of harm. And where in those stories of harm, if you go back to the beginning and just sit with your little girl in those places of pain, was there a place where a curse entered, where your goodness was insulted, was assaulted with some kind of declaration that you were bad or dangerous or evil? Was there a curse? And then how did you agree in your very young heart and mind and body? How did you agree with that? And then what kind of vows arose from that? And how was all of that? How did that bring a shift that just brought you into places where you have experienced ongoing pain and where you would have deep desire for the shift that would lead you into freedom? This is why story work is so important. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Good conversation today, friend. Yeah. And you're going to come back next week and further the conversation on why we think story work is the bomb. <laughs> I love you, Candice. I am so grateful too. to see your life transformation on this journey together. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing. If you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandiceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Auditory LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.